Welcome to the Daily Sports Show Redo. I am your host, Tyler James. Here at the Redo, I've spent my time watching and listening to all the talking heads give their inflated takes on popular topics. Then I pick a few of those topics that I find good, bad, or just plain weird, and give them a redo by giving my take without the yelling, pandering, or trying to create a new hot take. Let's get into it. First thing on the agenda, Micah Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys. He's uh, come under a lot of fire recently because, of, you know, he has his own podcast, The Edge with Micah Parsons. It's good stuff. You know, it's been his first year doing it, and it's it's really good because it's just him. Like, it seems like it's just no outside help, just a guy in his microphone just, you know, using his platform to – Speak his mind. That's awesome because it's the uh, it's you don't usually get that kind of insight from like a current player who's really good at, at his level. You know, you got the Kelsey brothers who have their their podcast, and that's awesome. So it's it's awesome to see players who are still in it in their prime to a degree, depending on which who you're talking about. Just uh, you know, giving you insight you wouldn't normally see back in the day. How you know, players in the early 2000s, 90s, whatever, they didn't have their own podcast. Like, the only time you really got to see their personality was in post-game interviews, you know, maybe some interviews with newspapers or on a night show. But, you know, this new age, new age of players, you now they all, a lot of them have their own podcast now, some kind of new platform. So, it's great. But uh, Micah... He, on his podcast, you know, he they're coming off that Bills beat down where, you know, they couldn't stop the run to save their life. They got just ran over, and Micah really didn't contribute at all. And people were saying, you know, put his picture on the milk carton, you know, for missing. But he's uh, quoted saying, everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose, you know, everyone in the media, because, you know, that's kind of the – Whenever they, like, you know, they can, they'll win five games in a row, you know, each week, you know, lead up to the game, everyone's kind of like, oh, they could be, they could get got here, you know, oh, they're not good, this, this, you know, and each week they win, then it's like, ah, oh, you know, this, 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 but when they finally lose, it's just like, oh, this is who we thought they were, you know, ah, it's just, and you know, it's, and he's also critical on, you know, made the point to call, not necessarily call anyone by name, but former players turn analysts, you know, that are just like current or uh, critical of current players. And, you know, you look across all the, the networks and you see the former players up there and it's, you know, he's to a point he's right about, you know, there's a lot of people up there just hammering current players. You know, they're speaking from this place of authority where they kind of just really just hammer everything, not really doing much different than, you know, the normal journalists, and, you know, to to his point, you know, I, I agree with him a little bit about the everyone does wait. And that's kind of been it's I'll go first into uh, the media's reaction where everyone is kind of saying it's really surprisingly when I first saw the story break yesterday uh, morning about like people like starting to talk about his podcast. It was a. Uh, I was kind of like, oh, he's going to get absolutely dragged by everyone for this, but not so much. I mean, some people, they even came up like, yeah, you know, because one, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, the most, the hugest brand in sports in the, in the world. 
especially football wise here in the States. And it's like, yeah, so no matter what they do, they are always going to be a topic, topic of conversation. Now they made the point of, Hey, like if they were, you know, replace them with the Atlanta Falcons, you know, they're six and seven and they just lost. Now they're a game behind their division. It's like, they're still going to be the topic of conversation, even though they're a six and seven team, but here they are, you know, 10 and four now still technically the top spot in their division. You know, they, they're always going to be talked about. And that's also, you know, they talked about how the star on that helmet, it's not only, you know, a gift, but also a curse. Curse in the obvious way that no matter what you do, you're going to be scrutinized more than other teams, other players from other teams. But it's a gift, though, because they they kind of really looked at it and they're like going in the Buffalo, Micah Parson was the odds on favorite to win defensive player of the year. And it's really, when you kind of look at the stats, that's kind of insane. The could, cause of uh, the year miles Garrett's having over there in Cleveland. So, you know, the argument was made, you know, you put Mike on any other team in the NFL, what really, you know, who is he you put him on Tennessee Titans? Does he get the same kind of attention? Does his podcast get the same kind of attention? But, you know, because he's on the Dallas Cowboys, made some plays, got all this, you know, fame around him, just kind of pretty much, he's in his third year. I mean, still a young guy, still a lot left for him to do to accomplish. But we're already comparing him to, you know, Lawrence Taylor, just kind of like an all-time great saying, hey, he could be this guy. He's the next, next coming of this. And, and that's maybe a little, in the grand scheme of things, a little unfair to him. Because those are some big shoes to fill. And it's like, it's such a young guy. You know, he's realistically, he's kind of under undersized for position, his position. So it's kind of amazing what he has done, given that. Like, you know, you look at guys like Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, the Bosa brothers, and it's just like, those guys have a good 50, 60 pounds on them in doing it. And he's keeping up with to, with them for a degree, you know. he's obviously has less sacks than them, but he's just a, a real game wrecker it's, at times. It's great. But it's uh, it kind of all comes back to, you know, it's just, it was kind of weird seeing kind of like a little little bit of a split on people, how they felt about his comments and, you know, and it, when he talks about the former players, you know, and I can, it's, that's been a thing over the past couple of years, but like really, I think this year and last year where it was people like, uh, Dan Arvlosky over there at ESPN, who's great commentator. Actually, he's done a really good job, but you know, he never really had a you know NFL quarterback, but never really had a starting job. Never, know was successful you know in the traditional sense of being an nfl quarterback but he's done a great job you know with his his next career he's like these people to hammer on him because he'll be critical of quarterbacks you know it always brings up the you know the questions of should he be you know so critical of quarterbacks when he you know quite essentially was a bust and failed at it most recently Derek carr's brother david carr I forget who he criticized really bad earlier in the year, but people will just hammer on him. Like, where do you get off being like this voice of authority on this kind of topic when you weren't, you know, even half of uh, the guy he was criticizing. And to that, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where, hey, these guys, they were in the NFL. They were drafted. They played. They might not have had the skill to really be that franchise guy or that have that tradition, what we think of success in the, in the leagues. But, you know, they have a great mind for the game to a degree. They, they're there for a reason. Yeah, it didn't work out. They weren't Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, which, you know, very few are. You know, plenty of people are career backups, and, you know, and they do just fine, you know, for themselves. But it's just, you know, it's also, it's you got to take everything with a grain of salt, I feel like, because it's kind of goes, in my opinion, a little back and forth how obviously Micah seems a little – he gets, you know, bothered by the negative press, obviously. But also, you know, it's we've seen the media, you know, all these people at these big corporations, you know, when they get criticized for their reporting, they, you know, immediately go into defense mode and, you know, they jump down the players' throats, you know, it's like, that's your job. And they're like, this is our job to criticize you and stuff like that. But it's kind of like, hey, you know, you're on a public, you know, platform. You're putting out your stuff. You're allowed to be criticized to it, you know, criticized on it as well. And so I think some of them should really kind of maybe get a little thicker skin in that regard because they're just so used to just sitting up there for whatever block of time they have and just throwing out opinion after opinion after opinion, critique, critique, whatever. But, you know, they some people do have some thin skin when the, someone throws it back at them, you know, when, the, when a player stands up there and goes, ah, they don't know what they're talking about or this or it's easy this. And then some of these some of these broadcast anchors, they get real, real sensitive about it. But that's, you know, that's part of the two-way street there. But I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see, because I'm a, I'm a Michael Parsons guy. He's the first jersey I've bought in, since Tony Romo era, since the Tony Romo jersey. So it's kind of nice to be able to get back into a jersey and support the team. But yeah, like I said, I was surprised and pleasantly to see the kind of people not dragging him as bad as I thought he was gonna be. You know, they gave they gave to the you know it's that's you're a Dallas Cowboy and you're kind of a player that uh, we've anointed as a defensive great, like a generational talent. So you have to take the good with the bad. That you have to maybe perhaps I guess mature a little bit in the sense of like emotions wise well it's like yes when you lose 10 to 31 against buffalo and you have no impact in the game you're going to take some shots and you got to be able to you know do what dak prescott does how he's been this the absolute professional front man for the cowboys now for about eight years and it's just he's just a real he's what you want as your personality wise at least for the face of your franchise where he just gets up there, says all the right things every single time. Just absolute professional. You know, hopefully going forward, you know, I know Micah's got his podcast and got young guy too, entertainment value. Hopefully he can kind of learn these things from the older guys and not let the the talking heads really kind of throw him off his game podcast wise or on the field or right, take a short break and I'll get right back into it. Let's get into it and let's talk the Los Angeles Lakers hanging their in-season tournament championship banner 
first let's talk about what's you know a lot of people don't like it apparently it's just it's a lot of criticism and though a lot of people quoting you know the late great kobe bryant talk about how he was never you know excited about hanging banners for conference or division and it's like rightfully so not to say you know lebron is excited about hanging those kind of banners but it's um lebron didn't even look excited but just everyone's kind of like all the former laker players they're all coming out talking about how it's they don't just basically they don't like it before getting too crazy into it and you kind of look at it and it's me personally i like it you know it's i like the in-season tournament i've said it before on here that i think it was great it made the early season a lot more enjoyable more competitive the crazy court designs they had was like whoa when the first time i saw it i was like yeah makes it more just it's different you know really kind of it brought more competitive play out too, which was, you know, it's always mm-hmm. big, uh, big criticism for the NBA is, you know, as a whole, you got 82 games, you know, like how much of it really matters besides the playoffs, you know, and this is this uh, tournament really provides something that to keep you invested as a NBA fan. It's not just another night of watching, you know, games. It's okay. These guys are actually playing for something. They're, they're going hard. If they're up by 20, they're keeping their starters in so they can run the score up to get the points they need to hopefully be able to make it to the next round. So overall, I think it was just a, a really great idea, and they're going to hopefully keep it around for years to come. And that's really, I think, where the, the banner hanging really comes into, into play because that really solidifies the tournament. Like if the Lakers are dropping banners for it, you know, whoever wins it next year, you know, they, they're going to drop it. So like everyone, this is going to become a new credible thing. And the banner too, it's a, it's one banner that's going to have the year up there for each year they win it. So it's not like they're going to be hanging, you know, an, another championship banner next year for it. Like, that's not going to fill the rafters. They have one there. You know, people compared it to like in high school when you have district championships, how you see like it's, it's one banner that's got all the years lifted. So it's really not a big deal. And the place they hung it too, people were upset about it because it's next to the championship banners. But it's next to the banners that were won by the Minneapolis Lakers back in the 40s and 50s. So it's kind of like, you know, you want to talk about hanging, you know, banners that mean something. I mean, you're hanging banners that are 70 years old. You know, it's like, is, <laughs> like is, are those championships really that good? The one from... 1952 does that really hold water in comparison to you know a championship one in this day and age that's up for you know you to decide but me personally it's like hey every team in the league right now got to got to play in that tournament no one was excluded and the lakers came out on top that's that's good yeah, everyone was playing hard not a lot of injuries this early in the season so to me it's just I don't see the reason to like, push against it so hard because it's just it's a good thing that's good for the sport. It's good for the league. It's good for the it's good for the fans. More to watch, you know. The they brought the game, the semis and the finals out to Vegas, and so that's fun. That's it gives it doesn't interfere with the regular season at all. It's just it's just it's all net positive. There's not a lot of negative. I can't think of one negative in the. 
I think people didn't like some of the formatting, how the tiebreaker came down to total points, and that was maybe a little weird. I think that's a, a soccer thing. That's where they got the idea from. So maybe points was a soccer thing. So it was kind of, you know, got people were a little upset at the end of the tournament or the, at least the, the group stage, how same record, but they lost on points. So maybe they'll fine-tune it, maybe not. I mean, it was either way. It was fun to watch. And really, the you need a team like the Lakers to win the first one. You need someone like LeBron being the the MVP to really kind of bring it home. Because if the Pacers won, and you know Halliburton gets the MVP probably there, it's like how like what does that really do for the tournament if it's won by a young Pacers team with no real brand name on it? But if the Lakers won it. LeBron got the MVP. He was a stud the entire time for the most part. You know, that really, that really does something for the tournament and for the league. And, you know, it's – people are saying, you know, in five to ten years, if this thing sticks around, you know, it's just going to – the prize money is going to probably get higher and higher this year. It's 500000 per player that won the winning team. You know, who knows? It could be up to $1.5 million in a couple of years. And it's just like that's – that's insane for players, and I talked about how the guys on the Lakers, you know, they really just got behind LeBron because he was real adamant about winning so he can get those guys who were on those, you know, grant, I don't want to say only a million dollars, but, you know, they were making a million dollars, and then they won the tournament, so they get 500000 so that's, you do the math right there, that's 50% of their total salary right there just got there because LeBron decided to play out of his mind and go all in on this tournament for people. So it was just great. It was just a real net positive. I know people just want to, you know, just like the, the bubble tournament ring, you know, the, the Mickey mouse ring, if you will, you know, like no one's saying this is a equivalent of the NBA finals. You know, everyone would rather have the NBA finals than the end season tournament. No one's trying to compare the two. At least not yet. So it's just, Take it for what it is, a new feature within the NBA. It was great. Everyone had a good time watching it. They won the championship, and when you win something, you hang a banner. The banner doesn't, you know, they didn't try to, it's not a, they're not trying to pass it off as a world championship or anything like that. It's just a championship, in-season tournament. You know, no one's trying to make it more than what it is already. You know, we'll see what, what it becomes down the line, if anything, but just, you know, enjoy it for what it is and be glad you got to be, you know, there for the first one. All right. That's all I got for the Lakers. Be back in a few. Let's get into it. We're talking the Philadelphia Eagles, specifically Jalen Hurts. After their loss to the Seahawks last night, you know, Jalen Hurts came out, did his uh, press conference with everyone, and I think that really stuck out. You know, he was quoted saying, I don't think we're committed enough. And then he was kind of pushed on that a little bit, like, what, is, what does that mean? And then he kind of – he didn't really give a whole lot. He talked about like, not having the definition and then just kind of said, not everyone's committed. So he left it very open-ended for everyone to really kind of interpret themselves. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's it's one of those things where if you leave it open-ended, everyone's going to have their own opinion of it. Like, oh, 
you know, not everyone's committed to the cause. Maybe not everyone's taking things seriously. They thought, you know, they could maybe just walk all over this year. And to be fair, you know, they, they are only 10 and four. So, I mean, they're fine. It's not a big issue in the grand scheme of things, but it is the, it's one of those things where they haven't played good all year and now they've lost three in a row. So now everyone's really just kind of starting to hammer it home everything and really just, you know, trying to necessarily pick the bones from the corpse because they're by no means a corpse, but everyone's getting after him now. And now it's the, it's, it's really, really what he means by committed though. And, you know, you got to think is, is someone, you know, skipping leg day in the gym, someone not, you know, watching enough film and it's just, it's just one of those uh, comments that you kind of think it, is it directed at certain players, you know? Does he have someone in mind when he's saying that? Because, I mean, he probably doesn't mean himself because everyone kind of, I think, is on the in agreement that Jalen Hurts is, like, one of the harder workers in the league, you know, sharp guy. You know, they just had a real kind of, from a statistical standpoint, an average year. Granted, they're 10-4, you know, tied for, not tied, but, they're, you know, they're right there with their division. It's tough, and you know, some people were talking about how, you know, him saying this now is not a great look. You know, he should have been saying this weeks ago, talking about the guys' commitments when they were, you know, barely winning games and really just kind of getting by, based on other teams not playing great or having miscues, as opposed to now when they've gotten blown out in two of the three games and then they lost to a backup quarterback and Drew Locke. So it's just a you know, they're saying it's it's not the right it's a little too late to be saying, you know, people are questioning people's commitments, you know, on such a public public way to do it. Whether he's right or wrong, I mean people not being committed enough, you know, that's that's for the organization to figure out. But I guess it's it's tough to say because you really talk about how it comes because it's just full on, you know, microscope on the team now, three games in a row. And like kind of was, I was saying with the Cowboys uh, last episode about how you knew the problems were there, you know, with their run defense, but you did, but when you ignored it because they were putting up 40, 40 points. Dak was the MVP favorite, so you just kind of ignored it. You know, then then they get ran over by the Buffalo Bills, and now it's like the main the main talking point again. So with the Eagles, you know, like the whole all year, you know, it's like their own players are coming out each week being like, oh, we won, but we're not playing very good. We haven't played a complete game yet, this and that. But, you know, they were, you know, undefeated for a long time, dropped the game to the 49ers where there's no shame in that. Then they got blown out again by the Cowboys. And it's like, okay, then they lost to Seattle. So it's now it's just kind of like all the reservations we had about the team. You know, that we kind of like, kind of like, you know, we shrugged it off and said, ah, you know, but they're winning, but they're winning. And here we are now after three losses, two of them really bad. It's kind of like, ooh, okay, now we're nitpicking. Now we're, you know, pulling back the layers and we're looking at things going, okay, two new coordinators. One got sent to the coach's box. They brought Matt Patricia to call the plays. And it's like Nick Sirianni. It's like, what does he really do? He's a. He's basically the CEO of coaches, as they're saying. Like he just, 
he doesn't call the plays on offense or defense. He just manages them, which, you know, that's, that's, they're talking about how that's kind of a great position to be in. Cause like, you know, if your offense struggles, you just blame the offensive coordinator, defense struggles, you just blame defensive coordinator and why you're just sitting there, you know, moving pieces around. But it's, you know, it's, now everyone's kind of under fire in the organization. You're looking left and right at people. And then comments like this where you're just wondering that are just kind of left open like that. I wonder if it's just kind of like it was frustration that kind of got this came up because it seemed like really after he said it and he was kind of got some pushback on it by the by the reporter. Like he really kind of just uh, clamped down on it. I was like, ah, oh, you know, no, I got a dictionary. He's got to be more committed, and it was like, oh, okay, okay, he got more of the that polit that uh, politician type answer for it, which is fine. I mean, the Eagles, you know, they're gonna they have the next three weeks against the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants again, so they're gonna be fine more than likely. That I don't see them struggling too much against that team, but then again, it's kind of like ah. Uh, they haven't looked good, and I wouldn't really be surprised if the Cardinals and Kyler Murray got them. That's that'd be something to watch for sure. See what happens there. Even you know Tommy DeVito, you know he's going to pizza parlors for free now after maybe his agent tried to do a little a little too much Sopranos action and get some more money out of a, a gig. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tommy DeVito, you know, really pulled out some magic because that'd be That'd be exciting. But uh, we'll definitely have to... Everyone's kind of pulling the, the panic alarm now for the Eagles. Even though they are 10-4. and four, They don't look great. They're really kind of... You know, it's it's always kind of... You know, there are players from uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys in the media on different the networks. And it's kind of... You're really kind of just like... You're trying to watch it like a partial fan, like you're just trying to get you know some information from the from whatever program you're watching. But then you see these guys who are just so dug in that they're trying to be, you know, they're not trying to be biased, but it just it just comes off like, oh man, it's it's tough sometimes watching some of these shows, especially when they have you know diehard fans of a specific team. That's everyone's kind of you know dragging through the mud and they're just sitting there going it's not that bad it's fine it's fine well everyone's fine it's just ah, come on man just give an honest answer i understand you're loyal to the brand so all they gave you but you know we need yeah i mean maybe not because it does it makes it does it does make it pretty entertaining when people are just slandering one team crazy and then you have that one guy up there just being like no no no, no they're fine it's great everything's great but yeah, it's commitment issues in Philly. You know, we'll have, definitely have to see this week of the the Giants to see. You know, hopefully players you know go back and they hit their leg day and watch their tape, I guess, and really double down their commitment. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Daily Sports Show Redo. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. I'll see you next time.